Welcome to Smith Memorial Online. We're glad you joined us today. We're located in Collinsville, Virginia. At Smith Memorial, our motto is simple, follow Jesus. We'd like to encourage you to check us out online, www.smithmemorialumc.com. There you can find out more information about us, opportunities to serve, and ways to support this ministry through giving. We pray that God would add blessing this day to the hearing and the doing of God's Word. Here we are again, O oh God. Every seven days we stand before you as a gathered body and we ask the same things. Speak, for your servants are listening. Illumine our hearts and our minds this day to be attentive to your words. May they bring life to us all. God, may we come to have an accurate assessment of who we are. We are not immortal beings. We are clay vessels. Fragile, easily broken, susceptible to death. And yet, you empower us with a new life. Continue to speak for we are listening. Amen. Our reading today comes from Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, his second letter. And we're going to be actually pick up, it says verse 13, I want to pick up a few verses earlier. I'm going to pick up in verse 2 and following. Hear these words of the Apostle Paul. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case... The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let, the light, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
but we have this treasure in clay jars. So that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death. For Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. But just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with Scripture, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting our way, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands but eternal, in the heavens. Friends, this is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Place the cross before me. Let none see me but you and your grace alone. Amen. Graduates. How many of you ever graduated before? Raise your hand if you've ever graduated. Yeah, that's all of us to a certain degree, right? We've all graduated from something in our lives. Today, I, I want to talk um, specifically um, to us because when I think about my own graduation, so I've graduated from high school, I've graduated from college, I graduated with my master's degree, um, and I think about all those times, I try to think about what everyone told me when I graduated. I don't remember many of them. I, I tried to remember, well, what was said during the baccalaureate times together when we gathered for this worship service and there was a speaker brought in, and I think, what was said to me? And I think to myself, I don't know. And I think to myself, well, what about my graduation services? There was a keynote speaker that came in to, to try to tell us stuff. And I think to myself, well, what did that person say? And I go, I, I haven't the slightest clue. And then I remember I went to a graduation um, 
What's today? Today's the third, so it's been less than three weeks ago that I went to a graduation at Carlisle, and I think to myself, there was a person there that spoke, and I wonder, what did he say? And I don't know either. But what I imagine people normally say to those who are graduating, and I think it applies to all of us, is that they try to fill us with self-worth. You are extraordinary. You're going to do great things in this world. The whole world is in front of you. Grab life by the horns. Get out there. Make a difference. It's all about what you are. What you can do. How great you are. So then I started to think to myself, well, what might the church say to people of faith? Might we say, well, you're great. You're exceptional. You're, you're the best thing that's ever happened. You're amazing. Go out there and give it all you have. You're the best. The church has never said that. The church has always been the place that's hold the truth about who you really are. Baccalaureate services, graduation services, any other service you go to will tell you how special you are, how great you are. And yet when you come to church, the church will tell you exactly who you are. You are fully beloved by God. But you are also fully in need of God. You see, Paul was no stranger to graduations. Paul was one who was very well acclaimed in a lot of things. If he needed someone to build a tent, call Paul. If he needed someone who was well-versed in Hebrew, call Paul. If he needed someone who was well-versed in Greek, call Paul. If you needed someone who was well-versed in uh, Roman and Greek mythology, call Paul. If you needed someone who was well-versed in Jewish theology, call Paul. He knew it all. He was extremely intelligent. He was brilliant. And yet, Paul, when he writes to this church in Corinth, he writes to them to allow them to know, listen, do not celebrate, do not look to me because of the diplomas and things I have on my wall. Instead, look at me in my success. No, he doesn't say that either. Look at me in all of my accomplishments. No, he doesn't say that either. What does Paul say? Paul says, look at me in my weakness. Look at me in my weakness. Because when you look at me in my weakness, it is in that moment that you really see who I am. And you really see where any little inkling of perfection, grace comes from. It comes not from me, but from God. 
You see, Paul was going to this church in Corinth, and this church in Corinth, they had these, these people there, these teachers that showed up on the scene, and when these teachers showed up on the scene, they started to proclaim this other gospel, this gospel about how great people are, and that you can do it yourself, and, and that there should be no pain that's involved in life, and all of these things, and Paul says, whoa, 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 whoa. Be wary of that talk. Be weary of that talk. Because if you look at us, Paul says, if you look at our lives, we do not proclaim ourselves and our accomplishments. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as slaves for Jesus' sake. When you look at us, don't look at all the things that we've accomplished. Don't look at all the things that we will accomplish. I ask earnestly every time I pray before I speak, place the cross before me. Let none see me but you and your grace alone. Friends, in this odd and wondrous life that we get to live, the world has always told us to go and to make a name for yourself. The church has always said, resist that temptation. Live your life in such a way where God is glorified through you. And one of the ways in which we can do that is to not build up a facade of how great we are. But let us be honest with who we are. Paul says that we have the full treasure of who God is. We have the fullness of this message of a God who redeems us, a God who grants us life, a God who nourishes us and pushes us forward to be who we are made to be, children of God, bearing the image of God. But we have this treasure, Paul says, in clay jars. In clay jars. I don't know if you've ever had a clay jar, but if they drop, they are easily broken. We have this treasure in the fragility of human life so that when we exemplify this treasure to others, it will be made clear that this extraordinary power does not come from us, but it belongs to God and to God alone. You see, the message that Paul wants to get at is he wants us to live a life in which everyone is fooled by appearance. Imagine Paul, such an intelligent man, carrying this message that we are afflicted in every way, and yet somehow we are not crushed. 
We are perplexed by life, but yet we are not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. We are always carrying within us, not just ourselves, but the body and the death of Jesus. So that, not so that we can be mourning all the time, but we carry within our weaknesses with us so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death, Paul says. But at the same time, we are also being cultivated into a new life. I remember at the last church that I served at, we had a beautiful backyard. And in that backyard, I tried to experiment with my green thumbs. And what I noticed was it got kind of expensive to keep going out year after year and buying dirt, good dirt, because I, 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 I attempted to grow vegetables inside of a, a pot. Well, that, that dirt only lasts so long because the nutrients get sucked right out of it. So I said to myself, you know, I keep reusing this dirt and nothing's happening. Every year the, the plants, they keep dying. So I thought to myself, well, what if I was able to bring in new life to this dirt? So I started to compost. I took that dirt, I threw it into a big bin. We had organic food scraps, I threw that in. I, I added a, just a little bit of water every once in a while. I would go in and I would turn it. And to everyone else, what they opened up at first, at least on one side and they saw, was nothing but death, decay, destruction. And yet, as it sifted, it was turned. And by the next season, it was filled with life. You see, this is what Paul is getting at in 2 Corinthians. What he's saying is our lives are that dirt. That dirt that has nothing left to really give unless some agent from the outside comes in and stirs in our souls the breath of new life. So if our lives are but dirt, rejoice in it. For we have a God who stirs it and sifts it into new life. So if I was graduating and I was to have sat in one of those services, what I wish someone would have told me was the truth. Because there have been times in my life that I met a roadblock and when I met that roadblock, I thought, certainly I've done something wrong because people have always told me that I should be able to grab life by the horns and, and accomplish anything I set my mind to. I wish someone would have told me. In those moments when you read those stumbling blocks, in those moments when you feel as if the world is crushing you, rejoice because it's in those moments that the fullness of who you really are begins to shine. Light 
in darkness. For we have been sent not to proclaim ourselves, but to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. And may that be our prayer. Amen. Let us pray. God, as we come before you and we transition into a time of recognizing our graduates and sharing in the Lord's table, we give you thanks for the fragility of life. That inside of these walls, so many have been nourished, shaped, and sent forth. And yet, we come back week after week because we realize just how fragile these clay jars are. We may do a lot, but in all things that we do, may our lives stand as a sign pointing not to ourselves, but to you. Amen. Thank you.